Hey guys, this is Crazy Juicy Love. If you're ready to change your life, your finances, and your love life, hiring a coach will dramatically give you results in any area that's important to you. This is season two of Crazy Juicy Love. Why hiring a coach will change your life. So hello, welcome to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast, and I have a special guest, a fellow Calling in the One coach. Her name is Jennifer Butler. She's a love and relationship coach. Uh, welcome, Jennifer, and thank you for being a part of this podcast series. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and a part of the series. I'm excited. Yep. Yes. So, you know, first I want to, like, I'm just looking over your, the information you sent me, just, you know, I didn't realize that you had a master in social work and and trauma with social work. I'm just really curious, let me just start off at the top, like, how do you implement that into your coaching and how, how does that help you as a coach? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did, you know, way back when, 20 years ago, um, <laughs> like a, a few lifetimes ago. But um, yeah, you know, as a kid, I just always wanted to save the world, right? And so like the natural direction <laughs> for me seemed to be social work, right? Like no better place for me to find ways to like be of service and, and help and give back. So so I went that route, and um, actually, it's kind of a funny story. I moved to California right after I received my master's from NYU. And when mm-hmm. I went to California, I found out there was this whole other level of licensing that was required for me to do the sort of um, social work I was doing here. I was doing more therapy-oriented work here. Mm-hmm. And I was so done with school. Like, I was just like, I can't do more tests. And <laughs> I just can't do it. And uh, so I was like, what am I going to do? And so I started looking in the one ads, and I found a, an ad for an emergency room trauma social worker. And for some oh. reason, it just, like, intrigued me. I mean, like, the show ER was on back then with George Clooney. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was obsessed with the show. And I was like... Something really intrigued me about it. But the only thing was, I had this thing where I would faint at the sight of blood. So, (laughs) yeah. So, for some reason, I decided that, you know what, I'm just going to follow this really strong impulse I have that's sort of like pulling me toward it. And I'm going to try. And so I went and I went on the interview and I was very honest and I was like, I really want to try this. I just don't know, you know, I tend to faint at the sight of blood, so we're going to know rather quickly if I can handle this. Um, and fortunately, they were willing to give me a shot, and I ended up, for some some reason, being able to handle it there. And I learned so much there. You know, I learned so much perspective about how everyone is really just in a different place at every moment, um, and just staying where people are, you know, being, holding space for the person for wherever it is they are without judgment, without any sort of expectation, without any um, sort of preconceived notion about what their life may may be or what it quote unquote should be. Um, And so I think, you know, more than anything, I learned so much there, but I think more than anything, um, working kind of in the trenches like that has helped me stay really grounded um, mm. and keep a very clear perspective about real life and the the hardships and the difficulties and challenges that like people face every single day. Um, wow. So yeah, I mean, it was a gift and an honor to be able to to do that in my life. That's so interesting. As I transition to the next question, well, one, I just want to know. Uh, we'll talk about holding space. Um, you know, we both obviously went through the calling in the one program and Catherine always talked about holding space. 
And I really connected that of, you know, she was saying like, your client can only go as far as you can go. Um, mm-hmm. And so talk about like, what does that mean? Like, I don't think a lot of <laughs> most people who listen to this, who are thinking about getting a coach, like, what does that mean as a coach for you to hold space for your clients? Yeah, absolutely. I think that if anyone listening ever, like, just sits back and thinks about conversations they have in their everyday life, even if it's mm-hmm. with a loved one, um, a best friend, you know, there's usually this sort of, it's, it's a rare thing to not feel like there's some sort of expectation or some sort of, right. you know, place that that person wants you to go or wishes for you or you know it doesn't have to be bad or good positive or negative but they have their own sort of notion about what you're saying where you know where where you are in your life whatever it is and as a coach you know or even you know back in that in that hospital you know holding space is really just like being this grounded unwavering container for a person to just be for Mm, them to really just allow themselves to say what they need to say to feel to you know just to, to just be in that space without any fear of being judged without any you know pull toward a certain direction um you know, it's just really opening yourself to be available and and grounded for for another human yeah. being. Like I'm really discovering as a coach, like you're not labeling, you're not judging, you're not assessing, you're just you're like really being there for the person to again, like what you just said, to allow them to really be with whatever it is that they're dealing with. And then you and as a coach, it's like you're listening for what is really important to them. So you so as a coach we're making a difference for that person's life. So we can find out what's missing, what's need to be uh implemented and, and help shift like being able to also I think holding space means like really uh allowing your intuition come in to say the thing that person needs to say in order to heal their life to take the next step to to uh to take that leap of faith to to heal themselves you know i'm i'm really starting to really get um holding space um and it's so powerful when you can just allow all that stuff in our thoughts in our head to just fall away you're just being there with the person it could be very powerful and magical too i find yeah absolutely i mean i think when you're in that sort of space with somebody where you're just allowing you're just allowing that's right. exactly when your intuition and your ability to really connect at this deeper level than what we tend mm-hmm. to connect to each other on a daily basis you know, there's this really deeper space that we can enter with people um, where we can allow people to really hear themselves and mm. tune into their own guidance, right? Because we're, right. as coaches, I think one of our, one of the most amazing things, and I like to think of it as magical, is I think that we bring forth the other person's inner wisdom you know it's there they they know they just don't know how to access it and i think it's magical that it's not that we're telling them what to do or giving them advice or anything like that we're just creating space where they can hear themselves and direct themselves and be their own you know master or warrior or whatever it is right it's like like, that's it's so oh my god that's so great because like as a coach you're you're basically you're looking at the things that's blocking them from tapping into that. that yes. To yeah. heal their life, go step forth to 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 expand themselves in love and like and then so and when they do, it's like for me I get so emotional because it's like, yes, that one thing that's been stopping you in your love life is almost directly stopping them and their family. And, you know, and they're asking for a job, even when you, the whole word allowing, 
which I find is missing in a lot in relationships these days, like couples not allowing themselves to be with each other um, and yeah. such an important tool. Um, so how did you even just come into coaching? I know my own journey is different from everybody else. How, do you even, how did you even discover the calling and the one? Like how did yeah. you even come to this point? You know, I've had a journey. I mean, I think like most of us, we've had a journey. Um, I was that, you know, in, working in the emergency room. And then I um, was fortunate to become pregnant with my son 12 years ago and decided and kind of always knew I wanted to be home with him. So I got to parent my son um, at home, which was amazing. And um when my son was three, his father and I separated and divorced. So everything kind of shifted for me. You know, it was, I, I was still able to be home with him, but I immediately knew a couple things. Like, first of all, I was in a lot of pain and I needed to find something positive to do with that pain. So I started writing and I just dove into the creation of my first blog, which was Live Through the Heart. Um, and my first book, which was um, excerpts from the heart of a mom, which was just really a memoir style of how I was consciously parenting my son. Um, and so, you know, through that process of writing and connecting with people in the field, coaches and writers and thought leaders and just, you know, kind of being in that world, um, I kind of felt myself being drawn this direction. I kind of picked up little tools along the way. I got a yoga teaching certification and really mastered like yoga sutras and that whole spiritual mm. side of yoga. And I picked up my life coaching certification and um, a, a personal training, health coaching. Like I just kept picking wow. up all these little pellets. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just, I just, I was absorbing. I was absorbing and filling up. I had felt very empty after my marriage ended. And so I think I was just really filling my soul um, and eventually I had all these tools and I was kind of in that place where like, what, I, I, how could I have all these tools and still not know exactly what I'm meant to do with them? And I sort of took a step back and then Catherine appeared, you know, I had read her work before, you know, I'd seen her, um, her, her emails and like her book and I had seen all this, but it never um, called to me in the way that it did in that moment. And it was her um, 49 Days to Love, one of those classes, mm -hmm. like group classes. And so I just decided to join. And I knew immediately, like having wow. be, being coached by her and going through the program as a client, I knew that that was exactly where my next step was and why I had picked up all of these pieces to get me to this place, to being a calling in the one coach who can also bring in this multi-level perspective of mind, body, spirit, of incorporating, wow. you know, the spiritual and the physical and the health and all of that to really support people as they transform. Wow, it's so interesting. Like, I feel like we have a similar, like, you know, story, not so much of the training, uh, you know, I had did Landmark and a friend of mine, she's like, now that you finished Landmark, read Calling the One. And I was like, what is that? She's like, just go on Amazon and read the book. Because, you know, I was looking for love at the time. Uh -huh. and, um, and I remember going to Amazon and I looked at the reviews and I was just like, what is this book? And I, I, I just immediately just, picked this order the book and it came in I started reading it and it was just like a coincidence like all these things that she was talking about like I really needed to hear it at the time and then you know the book recommends you know a group uh setting after every seven uh -huh. chapters and it wasn't until the group that I formed with two friends I had I noticed I was being I was different and I would hear things my friends were saying that they weren't telling the whole truth. And then I would ask a question and then it would go deeper. And then a, like one of my friends had a, like she broke down crying. 
And my friend was like, you need to coach this. And I had no idea mm. that Catherine had a coaching program. No idea. And then that kept happening through our process together. And because she, it, it was a moment where she hadn't dated in eight years. She was still hung up over a guy who she thought was going to be the one for her. And all I said was, what did you think, what did you want him to say to you? What do you need for him to say to you to let you go? And she broke down like that. And I, we were in public. I had no idea what I had just done. And oh, my like, God. And I was just like, she ran. And I was just like, oh, God. Like, and I ran after her. And then she looked at me. She was like, if you don't start coaching this right now, I'm going to be, like, upset with you. And right. I went home that day, and I, and I was like, okay, let me just do some research. And there was an ad online. I was like, oh, my God. I I've, I've looked up Catherine and calling the one so much, and I've never seen this before. And the day I chose to look this up, there's an ad for coaches. Mm. And I remember reading the website, and I, I, I connected so much of what she is out to do with love in the world and I still was skeptical for myself to choose this and it wasn't until I started to uh, read uh, the life-changing magic of tidying up and I was decluttering my apartment and I was decluttering my books and she was like in the book she's like you know step back and look at your bookshelf and whatever is left, that's what you should be doing with your life. And it was all these like, uh, how to improve yourself, how to have better love, how to like be in better relationships. And I was just like, holy shit. That moment right. I just went up. <laughs> and I literally felt like I saw my life flash before me all the things that I've been through, the acting, the dancing, like the journey, the relationships yeah. all led to me to this moment and I was just like this I couldn't believe it um yeah I love that so have you ever had you have you uh, have you had a coach before in your in your journey oh my gosh always (laughs) (laughs) my always my theory is look you don't know what you don't know right so right (laughs) I mean and I don't know what I don't know. You know, I, I know what I know. And if I want to get beyond that, whether it's in love, whether it's in my career as a parent, whatever I'm doing in my life, if I want to expand in any way, I need somebody who's walked this before me, who has tools, who has wisdom, who can support me, who can hold me accountable, who can like do all of those things so that I can get bigger and expand into something more than what I already see in my present reality. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm constantly accessing coaches and um, and working, like doing my own work. I think when we commit to personal growth and, and, you know, for me, it's like getting as big and expansive as I can get, then it's, it's a daily journey of commitment mm-hmm. and consciousness and thoughtfulness and all of those can wonderful you, things. Yeah. Can you share like a moment, like a, a, an important moment in your life where a coach took you, took that on and helped you transform that area? Like what was life before and how did that coach help you to get to where you needed to be? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're talking about Catherine, so I can, I mean, I think <laughs> with her, by hands down, I have had the most transformative and powerful experiences, many of them. But, I mean, the big picture of my work with Catherine as her client was, um, and, and this is not even a one-on-one client, this was with a group, which group coaching can be super powerful. Um, sometimes I think in even more ways because you're hearing other people get coached on things that you didn't even know you needed to be coached on until you right. heard them get coached on it. And then you're like, oh my God, I have that problem too. Yeah, because sometimes you hear it and it just like hits you in the gut. You're like, oh. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, I've been struggling my whole life with that. Right. Um, so I think my work with Catherine, you know, before working with her, you know, I have a, an actual very 
physical thing like that represented how much emotional stuckness I had going on. I had for as long as I could remember, I always had this in my throat, this tightness, this almost it would almost be metallic too, but this just really tight feeling in my throat that I knew was emotional, would try breathing, would try everything and it just was there. And um you know, it really represented where I was in my life, which was I was holding myself back and I was feeling really stuck and I was really having a hard time kind of breaking through some sort of barrier. Mm-hmm. And my work with Catherine, you know, it, it was so powerful and there were very specific moments, but I've got to tell you, I, probably three weeks in, uh, yep, on week three, she was coaching somebody else and I was listening and I just started crying because everything she was saying was exactly what I wasn't able to consciously put together in my own mind, but it was everything that had been been stuck for me. And my world opened up. I mean, I understood what I had been struggling with. That feeling in my throat is gone. And I'm talking years of it for as long as I can remember living with it. Can you take us back to that moment? Like, do you even know what what was what was being yeah. said? What was the coaching like? And what was like the moment that hit you? That what was said that like really hit you? Yeah. So in the calling in the one program, um, we really work on false beliefs, unconscious patterns, things like that, mm-hmm. and you know, that story that we tell ourselves, you know, and we really get clear about what that story is individually for you. And she was coaching somebody else that week who was struggling with trying to figure out what her story that she, that sort of false story she tells herself. Mm-hmm. She, and she was basically describing the exact thing that I was going through on my end as I was trying to figure out my false story. So this that? other girl was saying, she, you know, that, um, she felt like hers was I'm not good enough, but she also felt like she was too much. So it didn't make sense because she was like, how could I feel like I'm not enough and not good enough, but also feel like I'm too much. And then she started talking about the feeling in her throat. Like she mm. wants to scream, but, but it won't come out. And I was like, I'm like, Lord, like how could this person be such a mirror of what I'm what's happening internally for me and Catherine says that you know Catherine's a, a master a magical wizard but <laughs> right. she keyed right into the scream that feeling that pain is actually sort of a tantrum it's it's mm. sort of this part of her wanting to scream, wanting to be heard, wanting not to be left behind because her real false story was I'm alone. Ooh. And oh my, oh God, my God, the <laughs> world fell out because it was me wow. screaming, I'm alone. I don't want to be alone. Like why, you know, all of that, like when a child's alone, how scary that is and why won't anyone hear me? So mm. too much, I'm too much, I'm not enough. That's where all that comes from. And oh my God, like that moment. And that's just one of a million moments with her, but I would never, you know, you need someone who is listening in a very specific way as Catherine was, mm. um, to hear what you're saying and be able to sort of reflect something back to you that you're just not seeing. So talk to me about the, that, like, I am not alone. Like, what is that even, how did, were you operating in life from that place, from that space? Oh my gosh. I was super, super self-sufficient. I mean, to the point where I used to, like, brag about it. Like, oh, I should have a superwoman cape because I can do everything (laughs) and I don't need anyone. And I have, like, 7,000 balls in the air and I can do it all. Like, I just... And then, though, I would be really upset because nobody would ever help me. Like, nobody would offer help. And so then I'd feel alone. 
Um, I would be out at parties or talking to people and I would feel like I was invisible. Like I would just shrink and shrink mm. and shrink and shrink and shrink and feel like I couldn't talk to anyone and nobody was really talking to me and nobody noticed me. So I felt alone. Um, How did I, that mean, I, I mean, there wasn't any, you know, I, I, deeply invested myself in being a mom and my career and those are all amazing reasons um mm -hmm. as long as they're <laughs> intentional and thoughtful reasons as opposed to right. excuses and they became mm. my excuses back then you know i don't have time i am too busy i never had a chance to be career focused so i'm gonna do that right now and um which was all beautiful and wonderful but definitely more proof that I was alone. <laughs> right. It's like funny how, like, um, coming from that place, you start, we start to generate those things to, like, prove, see, see, I'm alone. Nobody wants yeah. to talk to me. Nobody's, like, paying attention to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it Absolutely. sounds like almost, like, from that place, we over-function uh, in, like, in life. Like, I'm over-functioning to, like, avoid, like, even looking or even admitting that, I'm purposely doing all these things to avoid uh, love or avoid people, you know? Yeah, it's like, it's, it's this crazy thing we do where like the thing we long for, we somehow push away at the same time. Right. It's like we're, we're our own opposing force. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't even realize you're doing it, right? Like because right. the world is reflecting back to me. Well, nobody right. really sees me and nobody wants to help me. And I don't have time. and you know, blah, 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 blah. Like everything you're seeing in those eyes is proof that whatever story you're telling yourself is quote unquote true. But right. when you flip that on its head and realize you're generating it and realize that it's not real, you know, you're mm -hmm. like generating this whole reality based on a belief that's completely fake. Then every second, <laughs> right. like then your whole world shifts. You're like, oh my yeah. God, like everything changes. It's that instant. And it was, it was that instant. My life changed that day forever. I, oh God, this is so beautiful. And I, uh, one, more, one more thing too, like also coming from that space, we don't, I, I, I think after doing Calling the One and realize how when, especially coming from a place of I am alone or any of these false beliefs, how you enroll others to treat mm -hmm. you in that space. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like teaching my friends and family to respond to me in that way. And yeah. when you, with something like that, you realize, I remember the mo one of those moments too, uh, and I felt like I was not good enough. And that was my, that's one of my faults. That's my false belief. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was on the phone with my best friend and I, and I was in this program at once and I wanted to quit and he was, go ahead, you could do that. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm enrolling him into like, I'm not good enough. And I remember calling him back. I'm like, this is what I'm doing from this day forward. Do not accept this from me, but like just really push back on that and help me push back on that belief and it really changed my whole conversation with my friends and that's the beauty of having a coach like you know to really hit that false belief and that shift when you have that shift that aha moment like you really start to have power so when yeah hit, so when you when that moment happened for you on the phone on the group uh, conversation because i think i remember that uh yeah i think i shared it yeah, yeah and, um, um, and when, so what was the moment when your throat just like relaxed? What happened afterwards after that day? Like, what did you start to do? Change? Like, like what was your new belief for yourself? I, th you know, I think everything changed. Like at that moment, I, I, you know, that, that first of all, that physical relief you don't realize how much energy is going into something as small as a tight throat, you know, like was it, so was much it energy. It was instant. Was it? Wow. It was instant. It was like, as soon as I heard her say, I'm alone, 
all of a sudden I just realized and felt and embodied how alone I had felt and how that had been my story forever. I grew up kind of alone. My sisters and brothers were all older than me, like way older than me. So I was kind of an only child because there were so many years separating us. My dad worked a lot. So our time together when we were together was amazing, but it wasn't like as it wasn't every single day, you know, um, mm-hmm. just a lot of things, you know, so I spent a lot of time reading and playing by myself and not feeling really understood because my parents were so much older than me, such a different generation. And I came in this like sensitive, I want to love everybody. Like, why <laughs> can't we just all shine? And, you know, my parents loved me to death, but I think they were like, what, who are you? Like, <laughs> So I, I felt alone, you know, I, I, so it's just all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh. And then, and, and then you just kind of start things click and start clicking into place. And, and then that, you know, it's just amazing. It's amazing the way that that happens when you have those moments. So, I mean, after that, I really <clears throat> became, I think, committed to myself and my growth in a very different way. Uh, Mm -hmm. I became very aware of how I was the creator and I am the creator. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I made, I made myself, um, my intention for my future. I made that all my priority. And I think most of all, I made the relationship with myself my highest priority and really loving all parts of my, and learning how to love all parts of myself and to stop trying to like get rid of the parts I didn't like. And, now, you know, like. Now I want to ask you a quick question because yeah. um, a lot of people like hearing that, like I made myself the highest priority. Like, why is that so important? Because I remember watching a Steve Harvey uh, episode when someone said that, like, you know, you are make yourself important. Like, a lot of people were angry. Like, you want me to be selfish. Like, like explain like why that's not that's self that's not selfish. That's like one of the most healthiest things that one can do to bring to to their relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Look, I, I, and I know, I mean, so many people are like, how can you be selfish, especially as a mom? You know, how can you put yourself first? And, you know, self, I, I don't remember who says it, but somebody says, you know, selfish is really self-ish, tending towards self. And uh, the truth of the matter so is, yeah, <laughs> I mean, the truth of the matter is like, and people always say this this metaphor or whatever, but I'm going to say it. The airplane, you take care of yourself first. Because if you don't take care of yourself first, then you can't, can't take care of someone else. I mean, it's just, it's true. And, you know, the truth of the matter is if you're not taking care of yourself, it's seeping out. You know, it's seeping mm. out in mm. your relationship with your loved one, with your friend, as, your, as a parent. You know, I'll, I'll share something that recently, I'm a solo mom. My son's 11. And... We spend a lot of time together. He is uh, home with me, being homeschooled for just a couple months. I work from home. Like, we are just, you know, together. (laughs) (laughs) And I was starting to struggle a lot and feeling feeling this sense of resentment that I had never felt towards my son before. And I think before my work with Catherine, I would have really beat myself up about it. I really would have just kind of tore myself apart. Like, how could you resent your child? What's wrong with you? You must not feel that way. It must be something else. You must just be mad, but you know, whatever. I would have went down this whole rabbit hole. But instead, because I tend toward myself, I sat with that feeling of resentment that I was starting to feel. And that's the other thing. I didn't have to wait until it was like this full-blown resentment. I felt it start coming. And mm. anything, one, if you can catch things early, you, it's a lot easier to understand them and shift their direction or, or, or learn from them and, and, and transform them. So I, I, I sat with that resentment that I was starting to feel. And I really just went in, you know, into sort of, the, you know, the work we do and calling in the one and, and really what I was feeling and what I was needing. And 
what I was feeling inside was that little girl who felt so alone was so resentful that my son was getting so much more love than she was getting. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's wow. part of me. It's that little part of me that just wow. wants to be loved and attended to the way my son wow. gets to be loved and attended to. She's just asking me for some of that because she didn't get it. And I was wow. like, oh my God, like I can do that. I can love me. You know, I can take <laughs> some time to love me. And, and that was it. Then that resentment towards my son shifted away into like this into love really like how amazing is it mm. that i get to love my son in a way that i didn't feel like that i is, get to shift uh, that so, so amazing and and i and i know exactly the exercise you're talking about that whole self-talk exercise you know you know honey what are you feeling right now okay you know you yeah self-talk honey what do you need and like i tell you like as a coach doing that to yourself that tool like literally can change your life in a moment and when you like I, I whenever I get to that moment when I'm coaching someone I always emphasize like this is a really powerful tool that you need to stop yourself from reacting and doing things responding to some hurt part of you which is exactly what you did like you stopped because you could have easily which most people do take it out on their loved one their child or you know mm -hmm. people in their life and like not and I and the beautiful thing about coaching like really educating you know a client that that's just a hurt part of you that's needing something from you to take care of and that is like so powerful what you just shared and um i yeah. thank you for sharing that um, yeah so what, absolutely so what are the benefits of like like what do you as a coach like what do you look for what make what would allow you to say yes to taking on clients like what is that what is your process of like taking on clients you know um the process like the technical is you know getting on a 20-minute call and just having a conversation connecting seeing where the person's at, seeing what their um, goals are, kind of what they're looking for. A big piece of it is, can this person be self-responsible? You know, can they really look at themselves and their life in a way that's, that says, I am the creator without feeling like they're terrible people, right? Like mm -hmm. in a way, <laughs> you know, in a way that allows them to work from that space because that's, you know that's the calling in the one process really and and even the work i did before calling in the one has always been about taking self-responsibility and and really owning that every step of the way you're the creator of your life and so for me it's 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 a conversation it's checking off a few boxes but it's really an intuition i think and a, and a connection mm -hmm. that happens um and if I feel like I'm not the right person for somebody, then I find the, you know, I'll help them find the right person, you know, because oh. genuinely I just want people to, you know, look, my mission in life, and it's kind of funny that I, this is why I found Catherine, is really just to infuse more love in the world. Like, I just uh -oh. want there yeah. to be more love, whether it's you know, love of nature or, or whatever, but I just want people's hearts to expand. And, mm. you know, I think relationships is one of the most powerful ways to help people to expand into love. Um, but that's kind of really all I, I want. It's whether it's me or another coach or whatever, you know, I just, I just want to be of service to people kind of finding their path so that they can love more and be right. loved yeah. more. And do yeah. you coach a lot of men or coach men I at don't. All? I don't. I only coach women so far. Yeah. Who knows in the future? But yeah, but, so far only women. And uh, this, I want you to, because I, I find uh, sometimes men are very hesitant of doing this kind of work, you know. You know, what do you, like, how share like how like something like coaching with you or co doing the calling in one process like really would help men because I 
some of the men that I coach have been had some major breakthroughs and but also I get a lot of pushback from men too yeah um you know there's a podcast called what do we begin and with um Esther Perel and she does a live coaching it was, it was a live coaching tape and I every single man has this like block mm. and you know, and I can, but I hear the women like the women do so much work, so much expansion, so much work on themselves. Like, share like yeah. how this would help men just expand themselves. It wouldn't make them. Uh, it's I think somehow men make it wrong. Like that's oh, this is the way we we are. This sort of macho thing. It's not going to lessen who they are. It's just going to expand who they are. Yeah, I mean, I think there is a shift happening. I mean, yeah. that's what I see. Um, you know, for men, I think, especially older men who came from a different parent, who were parented from a different different generation, where yeah, like men don't talk about their feelings. They don't cry. No. They don't have a, a a younger part of themselves that feels afraid. Like. No way, right? But I think mm-hmm. that there's a shift happening in that paradigm where I I think we're starting to slowly but surely make it okay for men to feel. And almost what I believe is that it makes men more powerful, right? Yes. Like a man who is in his masculinity, like just grounded in, in his masculinity able to share truthfully and honestly about the deepest part of himself of Mm. himself um gosh there's nothing more attractive um i know yeah (laughs) or like for women we want to feel safe with the man we love and nothing makes us feel more safe than Mm. that man the man who is grounded and isn't um swayed by emotion doesn't fall over because there's some emo, emo, you know emotional explosion or whatever you know like he can withstand that because he's so grounded in it and comfortable with it like there's nothing more attractive and sexy than that <laughs> so I think yes. you, know, you know for men I think it you know, I, Catherine um, talks about becoming a magnet for love. You know, being able to, to 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 have this conversation as a man is definitely going to increase your magnetism for love. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because I can tell you, there is nothing that that attracts me more. You know, and that's as a single woman who is. Um, you know, happily dating and loving the process and just truly in love with like life as it is in this sort of becoming and unraveling and unfolding of who my one will be. Right. Um, You know, the men that intrigue me the most and catch my eye are the men that I can have real deep, truthful, honest conversations with. It's, it's so true. I remember meeting a man like that, and I was like, "Who are you?" Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, "Who are you?" I want to know more about who are you. And it's so, it's. I, I wish men, hopefully, you know, would see like, it is. It is power. Um, yeah. And yeah. There's a there's a documentary. I'm not sure if you heard of this documentary by Lewis. Hughes House, he he put this documentary together called The Mask We Live In. It's all about men and debacling these masks that do not serve us as men anymore, both gay and straight, but mainly talking about uh, a lot of straight men. And he interviews this coach who is who, uh, from the Colts, I believe he's ex uh, a coach. And this coach, I think, won like four um, NFLs in a row. And he was asking, what is his secret to coaching? And he got uh, coaching his guys. He was like, well, 
he said, no matter what's happening on the field, I need to know what's going on inside that man. Because mm. if that man is hurting, they're bringing it on my field. And if I don't, if I don't deal with that, then my, my guys fall apart. And, you know, he, he recalls of like, you know, his, he can see the man holding back. He was like, no, what's going on inside of you? What's going on at home? What's your wife? He's like, he kind of forces, I don't know if he forces them, but he asks the right questions to like, let it out. Like, yeah. you know, cry. And like, that's how he, they were able to win these games because he helped, he went for the inside first. Then they brought the A game afterwards because, you know, that yeah. pain is what they bring to the team. And that's what men exactly do in relationships. They bring that in. And it, gosh, men don't see how that is stopping them from expanding themselves in love. Ugh. Yeah. No, for um, sure. I mean, it really is powerful. I mean, one man or woman, but once you're willing to sort of go into that space and live from that space, I mean, it, it's just such an, it's an identity shift. It's a power shift. It's everything. Yeah. It's about to wrap up. Um, so yeah. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and this time it comes up for you. So what does a life of love mean to you? Mm, a life of love for me is when I can just find love in everything that I mm. see in my day. You know, like I, I think I wrote a poem about this recently, but um, yeah, like when I'm walking through the day and I'm falling in love over and over because I see a tree that speaks to me or a bird that just happens to be in my path or you know, the shape of a heart because I know that my father who has passed is with me, you know, or my dog smothers my face with kisses or my son <laughs> gives me an extra hug. Like, that's a life of love. Like, I fall in love all day long. And wow. so to me, it's, it's that as opposed to waiting for somebody else to fall in love with. Um, yeah, it's like, just like the trees and the birds and the hearts. You know, that the yeah. person or persons will be there as well. And what has your relationship with your son taught you about love? Mm, oh, my gosh, so much and so many things every day, <laughs> especially <laughs> now that the teenagers are coming. Um, I think first and foremost, I think what my son has taught me is love really is about making space for people to be who they are and and not needing from them to be something so that I feel better you know mm -hmm. just really allowing and trusting and and seeing like being who my son is at his core, at his heart, whether I agree or not, and loving him for it, for it and letting him know that I love him no matter who, what, how, when he does. Yeah. Wow. That I see him as a human being, um, which is something I say to him often. Like, I think you're an awesome human. I think you are such an amazing human being. Like, you're just an awesome human. And, yeah, he, you know, it's like, I see you. He's um, such a, I, meeting him, he's so, like, calm. He's, like, just, he just, you've done a good job with him. <laughs> oh, thank you. He's done um, a good job with me, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's the secret to coaching you that you wish people knew? Oh, man, that the secret to coaching, I think, is that, you know, I think it's that it's not a stigma. Like, it's not something to be like, you know, sometimes I'll hear people like, oh, yeah, I need a life coach. Like, you're not failing at life. Like, flip that on its head, right? Like, flip it and be like, it's not because I'm failing at life. It's because I want to, like, supersede life. Like, I want right. to be 
the best they can be in whatever it is I'm doing. And like, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, the secret is that like, it's, it's just going to be the thing that gets you past wherever it is that you are. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, it's like a superpower in your corner. It, it really is. Oh my God, it really is. Yeah. It's like the best kept secret. Is I. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And last question. Uh, what does a juicy love life look like to you? Mm. Gosh, a juicy love life for me is <laughs> deep, long conversations, a passion for life, like everything from dancing till 6 a.m. to sitting <laughs> and ha- like having making a, a delicious dinner, you know, like the little moments being as special as the big moments. Um, deep respect, deep support for one another. Um, just consistency and allowing, you know, it's really this, for me, it's, I see it as this beautiful container, um, of allowing and support that allows us both to expand into whoever it is that we were created to be. And to do that Mm. alongside someone is just so Mm. powerful. Wow. And last and final question, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, um, so they can find me uh, on my website, www.genjoycoaching.com, and it's J-E-N-N-J-O-Y coaching.com. That site is under construction a little bit right now, but there is a contact form. So if anyone wants to reach out to me, just fill that out and I will get back to you. They can also find me on Instagram at um, Jen Joy Coaching, at Jen Joy Coaching, J-E-N-N Joy Coaching. And I put a lot of writing up there, inspiration, um, coaching, that kind of stuff. Um, and once my website's up again, I will have my blog live again. And then awesome. I also host a podcast um, called Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. And it's a podcast through worthy.com. And they can find that podcast um, at worthy.com forward slash podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. This was such a great pleasure to have this conversation yeah. with you. And um, thank you again for being a part of Crazy Juicy Love. Yeah, absolutely. I had so much fun. I'll talk to you soon. Thank yeah. you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay, Bye. bye. Hey guys, so don't forget to subscribe on Instagram at Jimmy Allen and Twitter, simply Jimmy. And don't forget to rate, rate, subscribe, comment, and share this podcast if you enjoyed it. Thank you guys for joining me. This is Jimmy Allen with Crazy Juicy Love.